And here we are back for the start of week four in our fantasy podcast yet to be named. I'm your host, Zach, and I'm, of course, joined by our two awesome co-hosts, Sanjay. Hey, hello. And Justin. How's it going? It's been a rough week for me. You know, it's in, in a lot of different leagues, but maybe specifically this league. I'm actually doing yeah. pretty well. I can't say the same. Why is that? Uh, I'm in the Ben tier, essentially, with Owen 3 and me and Ben. But... Yeah. Gotta stay positive. Looking forward to week four. Hopefully, team decides to wake up and do something. You gotta give yourself some credit. You're not in bin tier. You you've made it to rocks. <laughs> the, you jumped up a whole tier. Not not many people do that. That is true. In one week, some people didn't even get the respect they deserved, and some people mm. are up as top tier wannabes and only have one win. Interesting. Some interesting stuff there. I wonder who this committee is. Because I wasn't a part of it this last week. I would have put myself number one. That's a bit of a stretch. Why do you think it's a bit of a stretch? It is a hard stretch. All right, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think if there's the big dogs, you should probably put biggest dog. And Chris is kind of in his own tier all by himself. I think we we just... We, a dog is a dog. We move everyone else out of the dogs. Everyone else is a wannabe compared to Chris's team right now. To be honest, I... You're probably right, but I am second place at least. That's what I think. Needless to say, though, I think it's about time we move on. We had a wonderful week. We are now looking ahead to week four. Unfortunately, at the end of this week, the NFL season is pretty much going to be 25% of the way over. I hate to be so bleak, guys, but just kind of the way the world works. I wish that we should have more football, but we got we to gotta play with what we got. So I say we go ahead and check out our week three reviews. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Sounds good. All right. So, Jay, you have the first two matchups. That first matchup, though, that is going to be the matchup down there at the bottom, who is going to be, oh, it is you and Elias. Yeah. So, we got Elias's, I'm about to golf, finishing on top of my team with 124.7 to the Kings of the North, 103.98. You know, he's got Josh Allen, he's got Devin Singletary. They put up their points, combined 50 between the two, and then the Samuel brothers. you got to shout them out. They're consistent, uh, even though they were both in kind of lower-scoring games. Uh, my team, uh, as you know, I started uh, Jared Goff. He did not put up uh, that many points. He put up 13.88, and then we have uh, my running backs were asleep. So uh, that's all I can say about that game. Moving on. We have, some would say, another disappointing game. I was really looking forward to a good game between these two teams. We have a $100 million baby, your team, Zach, and then Michael's team, Kirkland Signature. You finished 105.9 over Kirkland Signature's 79.8. You hate to see that happen, but it's happening a lot more often in this year's 14-person league. Uh, you obviously have Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, the $100 million baby. Unfortunately, you also hung your hat on Julio Jones, who didn't put up any points for you, unfortunately. Oops. Uh, <laughs> uh, same story uh, for Michael's team as my team. His running backs were asleep all game. We have uh, Aaron Jones only putting up 5.7. Daryl Henderson Jr., 
all his touches were stolen by the scam acres himself. And then also Justin Jefferson, surprisingly, not awake for this game. Uh, other notable, his defense put up negative eight points for him. So that'll do that. Moving on. You know what? Next two matchups, though, you had the number one guy, Chris versus Alex. And Alex at first seemed like he was probably going to do okay. Uh, unfortunately, he started Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders only got him about five points, but he did have a nice little weapon on his side, and that was Marquise Brown putting up 28 points. To be honest, D-Hop's coming back sometime soon in the next few weeks, so don't expect that to keep happening week to week. Um, but aside from Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown, Alex's team did not look good. But Chris's team looked good. Mark Andrews, Saquon Barkley, Joe Burrow. I mean, his, even the Cowboys' defense put up 10 points, so... When you have a team like Chris's team just putting up all those points week to week, good luck, man, being the team against him. Chris is going to take you down. Moving on to the next one, we have Will and the Goat King himself, Mr. Ben Tier, starting Joe Flacco, who's putting up a whopping 3.4 points. It was good to see Derrick Henry coming back, though. 25.3 points, that's just his normal form, so it's good to see that he at least has Derrick Henry putting up almost half his points this this week, 109 to 66. Um, Juwan Johnson for zero points, Allen Robinson for four, <clears throat> and a purposeful bench, an empty slot, <clears throat> strategic, to know that he was trying to get a waiver wire slot, knowing that he was going to lose. Bad sportsmanship? Probably. Strategic? Definitely. Kyler Murray, though, not putting up what you expect for Will, but still he came out on top with a win. Definitely thanks to Christian Kirk, who we'll get to a little bit later in the show. DJ Moore putting up a stinker. 2.5 points. I think looking ahead, both of these teams, they have a lot to look forward to. They have talent. But I'll tell you what, this week, both teams could have done a little bit better. How about you, Justin? Yeah, so game five, I have my own matchup. Uh, the Puggernaut, 116.8 points versus Micah's team. Cup half full, 123.88. So this was a, a nail-biter. And it essentially came down to my inability to pick a good flex. I decided to choose Corey Davis, who got me 4.7 points when I could have put anybody in my bench and they would have probably gotten me the win. Bryce Hall, 15.2. Melvin Gordon, 16.5. Dobbs, 21.3. I can go on, but it's just I made mistakes and so I have to live with it. But Micah, a team where he has Cooper Cup having a mediocre game and still came out with a win his team's looking solid uh his running backs have a lot leave a lot to be desired but his team got the win so good for him next up is game six we have autumn totally not the youngest with 77.8 fours losing to elijah's team captain mimosa 114.12 points and yeah same thing Running backs, kind of the biggest issue here for Autumn. David Montgomery went out with an injury early on. 1.1 points. Joe Mixon, 6.8 points. Not giving her a lot of help there. And Captain Mimosa's team looked like he was, yeah, he's got Lamar Jackson. And he's having another fantastic game. And that was kind of the story with those two games. And we have the final game going up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, so we got Larry versus Alina. So we got rooting for 
Elena, <laughs> who got 68.48 points. And then we got uh, Elena's team, which got 98.64 points. Did you want to talk about Elena's team? <laughs> Uh, these team names are interesting. So Alina's name is I'm rooting for Sanjay. Don't know why. Oh, thank you, what? Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there was a deal, right? Didn't Larry have to change his team name from Team Falcon to I'm rooting for Alina if Alina won? Yeah, they had a little side bet going on. If she, if Larry won, he he would have been I'm rooting for Larry. Well, in this case, she won, <laughs> so she's still rooting for you, Sanjay. But now Larry's rooting for her. But I don't blame him, man. I mean, she has Cordero Patterson, who's still having a nice year. Amari Cooper, she, she believed in him during draft week. And guess what? It paid off. She's also got Diggs, who on a down week still put up 14 points. Unfortunately, Sterling Shepard went down for the season. That's tragic. But looking at Larry's team, I think that's even more tragic than an ACL tear. Look at that. That's a tough team to look at. Uh... A lot of banged up players, it looks like. Yeah, Justin Herbert still kind of fighting through that issue. Doesn't look like it's going to get much better. And this team's looking kind of sad. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know how he's going to recover. He's going to have to put in some work. And that means that Ben might have some competition coming up in the waiver wire, which might be why he strategically benched that, uh, that player. You know, I think that with Jamar Chase... Justin Herbert, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, those, those are such big names you'd expect to put up a lot of points. So if he doesn't feel comfortable with them, you know, Ben could probably try to seek out a trade, but we know Ben, he does Ben tier things, so we don't know what goes on inside <laughs> that guy's brain. But that about wraps it up for the recap for week three. Coming up next, after our break, we're going to go ahead and talk about the superlatives at the end of week three with yours truly, Hot Take Justin followed by our player segments, and then we'll end the show with our week four outlook. So we will be right back. All right, welcome back after our break. We're going to go ahead and start off the end of the week three superlatives with yours truly, Hot Take Justin. Justin, take it away. Hey, how's it going, folks? It's your favorite oh, hold up, segment. hold up, hold up, boys. Uh, we're getting a phone call. Hi, football peeps. My name is Alina, also known as I'm Rooting for Sanjay, formerly known as I'm Rooting for Michael, and not to be confused with my last year team that was 12-2, and two, I'm just here to beat Justin. And I wanted to come on here and kind of clear the air and, and just say, although Justin's apology was a very sad excuse for an apology, I do, however, accept. However, I do have a couple of questions. One. Why are you still continuing to badmouth my team? Because I think we've proven we're working really hard. And two, why do I live in your mind rent-free? That's really all I would like to know in this week's episode. But also, I wanted to say, such a big fan of the show. Can't wait to listen to more. Bye, guys. I can't believe that she thinks that I, she lives rent-free in my head. First of all, her team has no dogs. They're just getting nothing but injured. She has George Kittle. What is she thinking? She's like, these are just bona fide bums. And if she wants to come on air and throw a little dirt, then fair game, hey, throw some dirt back. But that's for another conversation. 
what I really want to get to is defenses and why fantasy football would be much better without defenses. You have such, like, your players do so much for you or do so little for you, and then you have these defenses, which are just, like, either getting you negative points or they're giving you, like, one or two points. So my whole thing with defenses is that they should be capped and somehow, like, maybe we can, like, reorganize the point system on them because whatever we're doing right now is just not working. You have teams like Miami's defense getting one week getting you 20-plus points, next week getting you minus 10 points, and it's just like these defenses are just so inconsistent and you can't really trust them. And I think it just leaves, like, a real feel-bad taste and to whoever is on the different side of that boom-bust mentality. Next thing I want to talk about is Arby's and why they just suck this year. I think they just are just the most hit or miss and just a dart throw at this point. Uh, main two culprits I want to talk about are Denver's and Lions backfield. Who knows what you're going to get with these two backfields. Um, it seems like they're just cannibalizing each other, which leads to terrible uh, fantasy numbers. And just across the board this whole year, and it just seems like, oh, just pick any <clears throat> running back and they can get you 20 plus points. They can get you zero points. And so RBs is just like, hey, are they, do they have a pulse? If they do, throw them in there and hope for the best. Next thing I want to talk about is the two and ones of our league. So these are the think the players that are most interesting to me. They are like middle of the pack, slightly above, but it's the more closely tight-knit group. We have Elijah, we have Elias, we have Alina, Alex, and Larry. And so looking at these two, these teams, they're all fairly, they have holes in, this, in their teams, hence why they're two and one. And I kind of want to get your guys' perspective on who you think is the best two-one. So Zach, I have a, I think Captain Mimosa is my pick for the best two-one team. I think his team's the most consistently well-rounded. What's your take on this? Hmm. I mean, I'm stuck between two of them. If I were to pick a third, I would pick Alina, just because I like her team. Um, mainly just because it has a lot of fun names in it. But the two serious picks that I would try to choose in the two one ones, oof. it's between Elijah and I think Elias. Um, I mean, Elias has Josh Allen. Elias had Devin Singletary, who some bum from last week said that you needed to bench him. Um, you have Antonio Gibson, who, you know, he's serviceable, I guess. He's still the number 12 running back. And then you have the pair of Samuels. You have Waller, who could go off. I mean, he's got a good-looking team, but it's all headed by Josh Allen, and Josh Allen could definitely put up those 30 points. So being the number two quarterback, I like his team. Um, I'd say Captain Mimosa, definitely, definitely close second to this guy. Jay, any thoughts? So here's the take for the hot take segment. I think that the second place battle right now is between Captain Mosa and I'm about to golf. I think, uh, you know, I love you, Zach, but I think Elias is going to slap you around this week. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Honestly, I actually think my team is very solid. Um, <laughs> and if anyone wants to trade for Eckler, I am willing to listen. Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> But the two, the team that I love to root for, honestly, 
is Elena's team. I I just love to see her do well. She's growing so much as a fantasy football manager ever since she she dropped her garbage draft coach last year. Yeah, I wonder who was giving her advice on those picks and stuff. Just a guy who's in first place, or at least tied for it. So you'd like um, to see her downfall, is what you're trying to say? I'm not trying to, <laughs> to, to you know I'm not trying to make anyone have a downfall. You're already doing that to yourself, so I'm just letting <laughs> things flow this this season. And let's let's be clear here. You're in first place before the tiebreaker. After the tiebreaker, you're clearly in second place. Yeah. Uh, so definitely some interesting two and one teams. Um, but yeah, I want to get down to kind of I think is the most exciting aspect of football right now is like the rookies because they're such a you don't know what you're gonna get with them and you kind of had to take a early-ish pick on some of these players you have the olave you have drake and you have probably those two of the top ones that went early-ish rounds probably like four or five for rookies and so you never know what you're gonna get with these rookies they could be uh booms or they can be busts and so i think we have there's a contention with three right now which is olave drake and now recently dobbs is coming to the picture he is someone to look out for uh, once he gets the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. But Olave and Drake are looking like the real deal. And let's see if they're they're on bad football teams, but they put up good fantasy numbers. And so that's all you can ask for when we're playing fantasy football. But I think the player that I'm rooting for the most is how I have him and I drafted him is Brees Hall. He's had three weeks of putting up solid just 10-point games that averaging and so you can't really ask much more for an rb2 flex slash spot um he's a little less boom bust so if you're looking for someone who's reliable i think he's someone that is gonna be very serviceable for you if you want to put him into your lineup do you guys have a clear cut favorite for your choice i actually like uh, reese hall yeah. i'd like to uh I'd like to send a shout out over to larry for dropping Olave, so that I could pick him up for this last week. Didn't help me win, but put up solid points. Yeah, that's big. Uh, that's going to be uh, definitely a, probably, hopefully a sit him and forget it type situation right there. <laughs> you got any more for us, Justin? I think that does it for this uh, week three uh, takes from me. Um, look forward to getting back to you guys in week four. All right. So maybe we can get another voicemail. Maybe it'll be from Alina. Maybe it'll be from another player in our league. But it looks like we're going to go ahead and take another break. We'll be back with our segments. And then we will have our week four outlook after that. See you then. And we're back now to our player spotlights. This is going to be our lightning round where we're going to have a couple of um, player segments in which we're going to include the week four cream of the crop in which we're going to talk about our top players that are going to be this week, as well as our Wapper Trap. We're going to go ahead and give you the scoreboard on that and here in a few moments, and then we'll go with our Week 4 rundown. But to start things off, let's go ahead and try out this segment of Week 4 Cream of the Crop. This is basically each of the QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions in which we think the player one will be. I think for QBs this week, you got to go with Josh Allen. Justin? I got Jalen Hurts all the way. Jay? I'm going to agree with you, Zach. Josh Allen, he's just phenomenal. And uh, I'm looking forward to trying out his signature coffee. And I did order his autographed coffee mug. 
Well, I hope you also send one of those down to me because I also have Josh's Jacks in the cupboard. Up next, we have the week four cream of the crop running backs. I'm going with a little bit of a curveball here. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. What about you, Justin? I got Aaron Jones expecting a big game from him. Jay? Uh, I got Nick Chubb. He's just the elite RB1, I think. Uh, and the the Cleveland Browns just have a great run game this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's not Kareem Hunt, it's got to be Nick Chubb uh, right there in Cleveland. Wide receivers. Wide receiver one, hats off to Alina, Stephon Diggs. What about you, Justin? We got Devontae Adams. Raiders need to show something this week. Jay? I'm going with Cooper the Cup. Uh, he just he had an off game, but his ceil- his floor is so high, and his ceiling's pretty much limitless. Cooper Cup all the way. All right. So then the last slot here is for the tight ends. For the week four cream of the crop tight end, I am going to go ahead and be my own fanboy of George Kittle. Go Niners. Yeah, I got uh, T. Hawkinson, um, Swift out, Amon Ra, iffy. Expect a big game from him. I got uh, Travis Kelsey. He is he's pretty much the tight end name of the game. He's a little bit behind uh, Mark Andrews right now because of a disappointing week two, but I think he's going to bounce back and he's going to even out to retake his spot. Funny enough, you mentioned that Mark Andrews not on our list of top cream of the crop tight ends for week four. Well, that's our week four cream of the crop segment. We're going to go ahead and cover our WAP or trap scoreboard. Just to reiterate what we think WAP or trap is, WAP or trap is essentially what we thought was to be the boomer bust, but we're going to go ahead and level it out with did the player make or not make projections? In this case, Justin, you have three points. Sanjay, you are in first with five points. I am down there at the bottom with two points, and we will collect Michael's scores here when he returns from his hiatus. But let's look ahead. Week four. Wap or trap? What do you think? Jay, who's your wap or trap this week? Uh, this week, I got Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's part of a strong running game, again, with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he will lose touches to uh, to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's just phenomenal, uh, but he does have value scoring touchdowns. I'm going to say trap for Kareem Hunt this mm. week. Justin, what do you think? Wap or trap on Kareem Hunt? I have him as a trap. Um, his projected is 12.1 points. I think he's going to slightly go beneath that like he did the past two weeks week two and week three he got like nine points each so i think he's gonna trap this week i'm gonna have to go ahead and i'm gonna agree with all both of you guys i think he's also going to be a trap this week i have chosen for my whopper trap christian kirk christian kirk has been lighting it up this season in fact i believe christian kirk right now in our league is ranked number six in the wide receiver category he's put up 12 targets six targets nine targets In one match, he put up 117 yards, and he has three total touchdowns. In this case, he's already averaging almost 21 points a game. And when you tell me that his projection is going to be, what is it, about 14.8 points? Yeah, I think he is definitely a WAP. What do you think, Justin? I actually have him as a trap this week. He's going against a pesky Eagles defense that's probably going to give Trevor Lawrence some issues. And so... Trevor Lawrence has issues. He's going to have Christian Kirk is going to cause some issues. And he might also get a shadow. I'm not wrong. Jake? Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go with WAP. I'm going to agree with you here, Zach. 
Uh, he's just proven to be solid, consistent, and his lowest scoring game has been 17 points so far. Yeah, it's it's reminiscent of those up and coming receivers who like have that sophomore junior year, you know, second third year like up and coming like I am it, I am finally a wide receiver one on this team. I think they probably knew what they were doing when they paid him that much money, but maybe it was a little too much money. I don't know. I'm not the Jaguars. <laughs> but needless to say, they took down the Chargers and what a demanding win it was. 35 points. Jeez. Maybe the Jaguars actually know what they're doing, but does our next choice know what he's doing justin who did you choose for your <laughs> whapper trap this week uh so funny enough i also chose a jaguars wide receiver i chose a jones he's got a 11.4 projected points and i think he's actually going to be a wap this week because i think christian kirk is going to get a darius slay shadow and so i think it's going to free up zay jones to operate more and so yeah what do you think, Zach? Ooh, 11.4 points. I mean, what, like a deep bomb touchdown? That could be like, um, that could be it. But you know what? I'm going to go with my gut and say trap. I'm Jay? going to I'm going to agree with Zach here. I think uh, he did get that shadow um, with the Chargers. Uh, about Christian Kirk. And uh, he used Zay Jones as kind of an outlet while the focus was on Christian Kirk, so I don't know if they're just going to let him run loose like they did last week, so I'm going to say trap. All right, and that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week's Whapper Trap. Christian Kirk, Kareem Hunt, and Zay Jones. And don't forget, Jay, you're in the lead, five points. How does it feel to still remain in the lead? You know, I'm thinking of uh, getting ring made at the end of this uh, season for the uh, Whapper Trap scoreboard. I'm uh, expecting hopefully... a belt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a belt or a ring, hopefully you get something, because we know you're definitely not getting a ring for actually winning the league this year. So Oof. with that said, I think it's best we take a break, and then we return with our week four and final segment. What do you guys think? Need a break? Sounds good. All right. Yeah, we'll just make sure we back. get Chris's ring size for his uh, championship ring. <laughs> I beg to differ. See you in a few minutes. And we're back for our final segment, our week four outlook, in which we're going to go ahead and look at each matchup in this upcoming week, all seven matchups. We're going to go ahead and we're going to start off with games two and three. That's going to be Sanjay. Go ahead and start us, start us off with games two and three. All right. Game two, I have Michael Crater's Kirkland Signature versus Anderson Financial, Will Lopez. This is going to be a close game. We have Michael projected for 116.1. And Will projected for 118.9. So it's looking like uh, Will's taking a slight edge in every position except for, funnily enough, the wide receiver position, which Will puts a heavy emphasis on with his team. The uh, next game I have coming up is uh, my team, the Kings of the North, versus Alex's My Harris Falling Out. I'm projected for a healthy, gentlemanly, some would say, 109.9 versus Alex's 112.7. So uh, Alex is taking the edge on uh, running backs as well as his flex position. But I have Michael Pittman Jr., obviously a strong performer, Travis Kelsey in the tight end position. And then my defense and special teams are looking just a little bit better than uh, Alex's. 
And then uh, that's all I have for games two and three. Go ahead. All right. For games four and five, I'm going to go ahead and talk about what I think is the opposite of the game of the week. This is going to be the 3-0, the new guy, Chris Alcantar, versus Justin, the Puggernaut, Mr. 0-3. Um, this is going to be a blowout. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at here. We have uh, Saquon, Waddle, Mark Andrews. Even if you look at the bench, I mean, you got this guy named Matt Collins, who's just tearing it up all of a sudden. So expect some way or form for this team to put up a lot of points. Projection of 131, which is almost 20 more points projected than Justin's team, who, although he is projected for a lot less, he does have Jonathan Taylor, a nice Brees Hall. And if Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy, you can look forward to Amon Ross St. Brown having a very good fantasy production. Uh, moving on to the next game, I'm also going to cover Ben versus Autumn. It is father versus daughter for this upcoming game. If you take a look at it, 109 projection and 97. That 97 is basically because Autumn is starting Tua, Montgomery, and Michael Thomas, all questionable with injuries. Aside from that, though, Kyle Pitts could be coming into form. Joe Mixon doing really well. All of that versus a Derek Henry, who we are going to highlight towards the end of the show. But CeeDee Lamb, looking great. T. Higgins, amazing. Njoku with an awesome almost career night. And Zay Jones out of nowhere. Maybe he can keep producing. We'll see what he can do. Ben versus Autumn. Maybe he can get his first win. Justin, go ahead and cover us with two more. Yeah, so I got Micah, Cup Half Full, and Larry rooting for Alina. And it's looking going to be like a pretty much a landslide victory for Micah. If I'm looking at the teams, Micah's projected at 120, and Larry is at 111. So it's a lot closer in projections, but looking at the teams, Micah has Mahomes, Fournette, Herbert, uh, Khalil Herbert filling in for Montgomery for Chicago's running backs. And he's got Cooper Cup and Devonta Smith looking pretty good down the board. Larry, he's got a banged up Herbert. Kamar, you don't know who he is. You have a backup in Hunt, very good, but he's still a backup. And he's got Jamar Chase and Cooks. So if I was a betting man, and I am, I'm going to be betting on Micah this week. And then our last game for this one is Captain Mimosa, Elijah versus Alina. I'm rooting for Sanjay. The Edge by Long... <laughs> The edge is going to Elijah, 121.9 for Alina who needs to fix her lineup, 93.6. She's got Shepard in her lineup, so she'll probably fill in that with uh, Chase Claypool. I, you, you don't love that, but she'll figure something out. She always does. But yeah, like Captain Mimosa's team is looking good. Dalvin Cook, will he play? You don't know. He's got Jackson. He's got... Uh, Tyreek Hill, he's got Mike Williams. Those are really two boom or bust players. Mm-hmm. So who knows what they're gonna do? And Elena's team, she has she's got Diggs and Cooper. And so if they can keep performing like they do, and she can get some help from Patterson Pollard, she might be in line for her win. But it's to be seen. And so we'll go to our game of the week. Zach, who do we have? You have arguably one of the best teams in the league, which is myself, the $100 million baby, versus who I think is probably one of the better 2-1 teams. I'm about to goff Elias. To be honest, I chose the number one QB this week to be Josh Allen, and guess what? 
I'm facing Josh Allen. So I have that to look forward to. But Sanjay, aside from Josh Allen, what else do you see as a threat to me this week? Yeah, I think uh, you definitely have something to fear in Josh Allen. But looking a little closer at his team, you have the edge in running backs. You got Eckler and Chubb. But he's got the edge wide receivers. He's got the Samuel brothers. He's got Devin Waller starting at tight end against the kind of sorry Mike Gusecki. And then uh, his flex, he's got Gabe Davis, another Buffalo uh, wide receiver. So looking pretty good uh, on that stretch. Uh, but going back to defense special teams, and you got the edge on that as well as, <laughs> let's give you credit where credit is due, the number one kicker in the league. Hey, Young Hui Koo is goaded. He's good. Real yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Justin, mean, what do you think? Think I got a chance? I mean, I have you losing this game uh, solely due to Darren Waller. And if Gabe Davis plays and is going to play like Gabe Davis in that offense, then he should, those two should outperform your Mike Kosecki and Josh Reynolds in the long run. So pretty evenly matched, but I think uh, Elias is going to edge you out. Even if Amonra St. Brown's out, you think um, Josh Reynolds probably won't put up enough points? Yeah, I think... uh, I mean, you have Jamal Williams, you have Hawkinson, who I'm hoping shows some relevancy. Yeah. And who knows, there might be a resurrection of DJ Shark. So yeah, who's to you say? Do you see anything I mean... spicy on their benches there, Justin? Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm seeing uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, which I don't love. I'm seeing Hunter Renfro, which I also don't love. Should I start a player simply because of a name? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a ballsy move. Uh, but I mean, projections are whatever. So yeah, even if it so, was Michael Carter getting some points, Brees Hall is going to take those points away. You and I both know that. That's so, what I'm hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> With that though, that's the game of the week that we have: one hundred million dollar baby versus I'm about to golf. I'm hoping I go four and zero. Looks like the odds are against me though, and especially Justin's choice. So we're gonna go ahead and. Listening on to our voicemail, we have a final call, and it's uh, it's from the Goat King himself. It looks like he has a little bit of a change of heart. Maybe he wants to change something about his team. Let's see if we can give him some advice. Hello, football people. I just uh, had a question I wanted to call in. So let's say that you have maybe, I don't know, Derrick Henry sitting there, and maybe you have no other positions what are some possible avenues someone might be able to take with a piece like derrick henry to maybe sell high and get like a tight end and a quarterback or a quarterback and a running back how far can we spread someone like derrick henry can you at all and justin's answer is always wrong Thanks, guys. Wow, Ben. Uh, I thought we would show some camaraderie, uh, camaraderie uh, being 0-3, and you got to do me dirty like that. But honestly, I think Henry is a good piece to be looking at to move to try to bolster your team up. Did you see anything, Zach, that trade targets that you can be looking at? There were a couple of things that stood out. I mean... If you look at it just Derrick Henry, 
Derrick Henry, like you said, it's a it's a hot commodity right now. He's hot. If he can keep getting those 25 points, you have a lot of people who are looking into it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have my hands uh, on a running back like running back like that. I can trade you an Austin Eckler and maybe even a little something on the side. I'm not quite sure who that'd be, but I think if you're also trying to get a QB, you could look in the direction of Michael. Uh, if Michael's willing to, he has Trevor Lawrence and he also has Kirk Cousins. Um, not only that, but he also has Damian Pierce, who is quite productive, actually, uh, in the running back position. If you feel like that's what you want to trade for and you don't feel like you're getting enough out of only trading Derrick Henry, though, um, I think you'd have to consider maybe even Lamb. You have those two really good players. And if you're looking at Michael's team or a team kind of like that, what do you think you could probably get then for a CD Lamb and Derrick Henry piece? Yeah, so if you're looking at Michael's team, and I would probably offer up or try to get a T-Law, Damian Pierce, Cortland Sutton for Henry and Lamb, I think Henry is the clear-cut favorite, so Pierce is a downgrade. Law, you just have to give up those pieces for because you have Kirk Cousins in the background. And so if yeah. you think if you're Michael, you can get your hands on Henry and Lamb, which are two marquee pieces, and you give up Damian Pierce, Sutton, and Law, T-Law. I think that should get enough to get the trade going. I mean, obviously, these two managers can pick and choose what players they feel more comfortable about. But I think that's kind of like the ground floor for what that trade should look like. I think even if you were to try to think about what the trade is too, if if you're considering trading both of them, right, as like maybe a pair, give it a little consideration then as two independent trades then, right? What if you could trade away um, CD Lamb for maybe another RB2 and something else, like a QB? Um, for example, what if you trade CD Lamb for Damian Pierce and Trevor Lawrence? Michael has a replacement with Kirk Cousins or vice versa. Um, and then in that case, um, you can then also probably ask for a receiver rather than CD Lamb, Cortland Sutton, and one of those quarterbacks. He has Drake London there on, on the flex, so he could probably replace it. But then if you think about it that way, you didn't have Henry just left. You can trade a lot for Henry. Obviously, you're going to downgrade at the running back position, but if you're trading away something like that, you have to demand either a strong RB2 and a good QB1, or you have to demand a good, like, strong QB1 and then a serviceable RB2. So it's it's one of those, you know, which which do you want work? Uh, like, which side isn't as bad? And you kind of have to pick it that way, especially if you're trying to rebuild a team. Sanjay, if, if he came kind of in your direction over there with, with Derrick Henry, is there anything you'd be willing to give up? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, I'm very conservative with my trades. Uh, I don't think they work out very well most of the time. But I think I've made two or three trades in the history of this league. I really like Derrick Henry as a player, and I would love to have him on my team. He's just a producer. But I don't think Ben can really come my way because we're looking to shore up the same weaknesses on our teams. 
We're both looking for a stronger quarterback. Both could really use another strong receiver. But uh, I may not be able mm -hmm. to uh, help him too much on this trade. Uh, I'm not the best with trades, so yep. I'm going to defer to you and Justin here. But what I do know, as the king of the north, is the cold. You know what's real cold right now, Zach? Ben's team. It is cold. It is cold, cold, and he's trying to get out. In fact, look at your opponent. I think maybe just as a even another dart throw. Trade for, on Alex's team, Najee Harris, maybe a Deontay Johnson, and Matt Stafford with a parrot like that. I mean, if that's something you're trying to go for, you're asking for a lot, but you're also giving away a lot, and you're getting three pretty serviceable players, if not pretty good players, that can then replace uh, some spots in your team. So definitely ask for a little bit more because those two players you're giving away, Ben, if you're planning on giving away CeeDee Lamb as well, it's it's a lot. So I hope that helped out. You got a couple of perspectives here, but then again, we're also not the best at trading. We're just kind of giving you some ideas. Thanks for the call, though. And that's going to wrap it up for us. We're looking forward to then the start of Thursday Night Football tomorrow. It's going to be a real good one. Tua versus Joe Burrow. I'm excited for it. I know Sanjay and Justin are excited for it. We're really going to see if the Miami Dolphins are the answer. So I'm ready for next week. You guys ready for next week? Let's go. I'm hoping for a low-scoring game for Joe Burrow and Waddle, <laughs> but that's just me. Hey, you know, if that's just you, that's just you. I'm hoping in one of my staff leagues that I'm actually getting a nice Tua setup. Give me another 40-pointer, Tua. And with that, we're going to go ahead and close the show. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.